0: Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Angela, you used a phrase a couple episodes ago that stuck in my mind, so I I begged that we could come back and talk about it a little bit more. The whole idea of play deprivation and what happens to kids uh, physically and, and emotionally, I guess, when they're deprived of play. Um, and... Let's, well, let's see if we could pull a whole episode out of this, uh, out of this tiny little phrase where you want to dig in.
1: Sure. Well, if we start physical, um, there's a lot happening with that too. Um, So when I think of play deprivation is, you know, you're not having the opportunity to play with other children or move your body in the ways that you're you're supposed to move. It can really affect um, the integration Of um, the senses and the mind, and organizing the brain and the motions, all of that, and that can really affect learning, and it can affect um, everything. So, when the pandemic first hit, one of my biggest like fears or like red flags was, "Uh oh, (laughs) now we're gonna overly restrict children." Um, You know, when I started to see um, images up of Of um, children being told at recess that they have to be socially distanced from other children, yeah, um, that really just almost felt like um, a form of, um, yeah, play deprivation. I don't, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I mean, it, f- it
0: feels it. to me like child abuse.
1: Okay, that's <laughs> I, mean, not, I, wanted, I wanted, to say that, but I. <laughs> I'll say
0: it. I'll okay. say it. It, it. it feels. It feels not only developmentally inappropriate, it feels ethically and morally wrong to force children to stay away from each other. Um, I I would go to go to the the extent of saying I kind of feel the same thing about kids wearing masks in most settings, especially outdoors, because not being able to see and read the face of your playmate is I mean, that is that is one hell of a challenge when that is how you how you gather most of your information about your relationship with that person.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, and I feel like it's just a constant reminder that we're in this unsafe situation. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I feel like for, for little kids, it's unrealistic, so it, like an outside, you know, like they're using it like inappropriately. Um, here where we are, we don't thankfully have to wear masks, so we don't, again, we get to forget about but <laughs> mm-hmm. we're following our regulations, and um, yeah, I just feel like a lot of times it's you know, it's hard to even, um, for kids to breathe. And so yeah. that makes me nervous when they're running around. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just the whole, un, you know, it's unrealistic to ask little children to not play together. Cause it's confusing them. Like, don't get away from him. You're, you know, stay, stay away from each other. Like what kind of signals are we giving children, little kids, three, four year olds when we're
0: yeah, saying it, that? it's, it's a, I mean, it's it's crazy that they're go- going through this now but even even in the best of times I mean, Balanced and, and Barefoot is, I mean, a lot of that book is about play deprivation. I mean, you, you go into great detail about what happens to children when they aren't allowed to, to move and experience the world the way they're wired to do. Um, so even in the best of the times, this is a challenging thing. When, when in, in, our, in our early learning settings in preschool, for example, and we're, we're forcing them into, into things like circle time or, or, or crisscross applesauce and those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the adult-directed activities is an issue as well. Um,
0: Angela, Slinky is done barking. Let's pick up where we left off. <laughs>
1: okay, sounds good.
0: <laughs> we were talking about play deprivation. Slinky was a little bit play-deprived. He had to be put away in a bedroom because the exterminator was going to be coming through and, and doing his job. And and Slinky is back and able to play. Him and uh, him and his buddy Gigi are, are reunited with the pack. I, I guess I'm the alpha male Um when it's just the three of us, my wife Tasha is the head of the pack when she's around. Um, so, we're, we're we're kids are deprived of play in the best of times, and the pandemic has kind of uh, doubled down on that a little bit. How do we? I mean. W- and we're living in a situation where sometimes that has to happen. Um, online hybrid schooling is a thing, so there's a lot of kids spending a lot of t- more time in front of screens. And and so if you're living that kind of reality, how do you counteract it with your kids to to make sure they're getting the the play they they need? Now, uh, sending them to a Timbernooks program would be be one way to do it, but not everybody has access to that. So any any. Timbernook tips for how to how to counteract that play deprivation?
1: Yes I think if you have access to the outdoors um, I think you know definitely taking advantage of that. Um, I know for us as a family we started going hiking. I think we've done more <laughs> hikes this year than we've done <laughs> ever um, but every we we made it Um, a goal so every Sunday we go for um, a hike or we go canoeing or kayaking but getting outside as a family is one way um to so you're connecting with your family too um, and that's really important but also um one thing we've done personally is our kids have certain kids that they play with Um, well some of one of my girl daughters is 15 so she doesn't play play, (laughs) but hang out um, you know, but really just making an effort to do that because they do need to connect with other children. And so overcoming our fears about that and being like, okay, this family we're going to get together with, um, you know, every other week or whatever, just so they have that connection piece, I feel like is really critical right now, again, because mental health for, for children is really suffering.
0: Yeah, and I mean the the flip side of that is the the research seems to be indicating that outside is good um, if you're going to be dealing with or avoiding this virus. Uh, the vitamin D, the sunshine, all that mm. kind of stuff is beneficial. Angela, I got to ask you this: What is your definition of hiking? Uh, because you're an outdoorsy person. I'm I'm kind of a city boy. I've I've got a I've got a working definition of hiking. I I came up with, um, and I just wanted to hear hear what yours is, and then I'll tell you what mine is. What what is okay. what is the difference? What's the, what's the difference between A hike and a walk oh for example um, I get
1: well my (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) I guess I never really thought about it but we have been taking walks out in nature or hikes hike well I guess a hike to me is like you walk up a mountain like it's elevated
0: Oh, there's wow. there's more more incline. Okay, here's mine. <laughs> the forever. difference for me between a hike and a walk is it becomes it becomes a hike when somebody starts complaining about how far it is. So <laughs> if if nobody's complaining that oh are we almost there then it's just a walk. Once they start complaining, it turns into a hike, and that's that's been my definition uh, for for all my years working with young kids. That's how we <laughs> how we knew. Um, I mean, we'd it's be we out, <laughs> out on the trail with my granddaughter, and and the moment she started complaining that uh, it was too far and we needed to go get ice cream then I knew we were on a hike instead of a walk but uh, um, there are probably other definitions (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) I love that
0: (laughs) so yeah getting out in nature getting getting your body move moving Um, I mean (sighs)
1: inviting friends inviting friends over too so like finding another family that have kids the same age and having them come over for the day, even if you aren't comfortable with them going in your house, but allowing them to play outside
0: yeah.
1: is, is so I feel like it's so beneficial and so important right now. Um, So, but you know, picking and choosing, like maybe there's one family that you kind of like your cohort. And there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of families deciding we're all going to let our kids play together. Mm -hmm. Um, and that way it's easier to keep track of things. Just kind of kind of that closed group. Mitigate the risk and stuff. Yeah.
0: And I I think maybe pulling back a little bit about, I mean, setting up, and I know square footage is always an issue um for, for a lot of families, but setting up a a a a designated play space when, when possible that the, that the kids can go to and, and, and realizing that, you know, we're living in a world where maybe allowing a little bit more noise and a little bit more mess, um is is going to benefit them because they're going to be more likely to play when you're not as the adult in imposing so many rules on them because we talked about before you know a lot of play is about is about power so giving them a little bit more power and control over over how they play even when they're when they have to be inside um might be beneficial as well
1: I think in prioritizing
0: playtime, like
1: knowing that that's probably one of the biggest gifts you can give your children right now besides family time is, is prioritizing that opportunity to play right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Making it, I mean, making it high on the, the list of important things in the family is, is beneficial. And I know some families are doing this. They are, they are skipping uh, a lot of online school and, I I can't really developmentally especially for young children think of a reason that's not a good idea because most of the from, from what I've seen what's being offered as online education especially for younger children is questionable at best torture at worst and I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to talk trash about teachers because they're in a tough situation, but most of them will agree. I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are that are doing online preschool, for example, because they have to, because they want to get paid, because they have to support their families, but they, they think it's all kabuki theater and that no good is coming of it for, for anybody, but they're making the best of a bad situation. So for yeah. some families, the way to make the best of that bad situation is to turn off the computer and, and go for that walk, go for that hike, uh, go out and the backyard and and roll down a hill or something.
1: Yeah. And I I think that, um, I think you're totally correct. And also letting go of all expectations, like of the, maybe the traditional expectations academically um, and letting go of fears. There's a lot of like, all right, this is our situation is, um, this is our situation and how can we make it a positive one? Like, you know, what is best for the child right now in this moment of time?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, uh, and, 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 my hope is that parents that do that while we're working through this situation are going to be more willing because they've had the practice to do it afterwards after we get back to something that's called normal more more likely to to build those times for play and and turning off the screens and those kind of things um because i mean anecdotally i'm seeing a lot of evidence that from from toddlers to teenagers everybody's mental health in a lot of situations seems to be better when they're when they're not being forced and pushed and pressured the way they had been for decades before so hopefully we can all learn a little bit something from this yes absolutely well let's wrap this episode out and I'll probably edit out Slinky's panic attack. Um, <laughs> this has been Timbernook Tips. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timbernook Tips.
1: Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timbernook. For more Angela, visit Timbernook.com. For more, Jeff, visit ExplorationsEarlyLearning.com.
0: Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at a $3 a month level patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of upstairs studio podcasts like the child care bar and grill miss becky's classroom that Early childhood nerd the renegade rules podcast and others early that feed is just for patrons you could be one of them go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more